Welcome to Soul Talk, soulful conversations exploring who you are, why you're here, and how to live your most authentic life. My name is Coop Blackson, nationally best-selling author of You Are The One, transformational teacher, and your host. I invite you to subscribe to the Soul Talk podcast for weekly inspiration from me, where I will share with you some powerful ideas, thoughts, and practical life wisdom to help you live life more fully, freeing yourself from your past, reclaiming your power, and living your true life's purpose. You can also go to www.coopblackson.com, enter your name and email to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment. Let's get started with Soul Talk. Welcome everyone. Welcome to Soul Talk. It's Coot here. Welcome back to another week, another very special episode. I just wanted to do a very special introduction and uh, welcome you to the Soul Talk podcast. If you are a new listener, welcome to the Soul Talk family. Looking forward to adding as much value to your life. If you've been a listener, thank you for your loyalty and tuning in and sharing the Soul Talk podcast with your friends, family, and community. Uh, Today's episode is one of a series of special episodes. You see, uh, over the last couple of years, I was privileged to do a very special online event for a few years in a row called the Secret to Success Summit. It was huge online. I brought on many of my friends, people like Jack Canfield, John Gray, uh, Lisa Nichols, Barbara DeAngelis, um, Rhonda Britton, Larry King, LeVar Burton, experts in their field. And I, and, and I always had the question of, you know, what is success? And I've, I've really believed that in order to open a lock, you need the right key. In regular school, I feel as though we aren't taught about how to succeed in life itself, and life doesn't come with a manual. So I asked myself the question, what if there was a school where you could learn from the world's greatest experts on success? And so I brought many of my friends on, and I got to pick their brains and ask questions about their time-tested practical strategies to accelerate success and their best practices. And it was a, a huge success. We had tens of thousands of people that tuned in from all over the world, and that became known uh, all over the world. And so what I wanted to do as a bonus, really, to the Soul Talk podcast experience was some of these interviews were so precious and amazing that I just felt uh, I had to share as a bonus some of these interviews with you. So today's episode is a pre-recorded episode from the Secret to Success Summit, where the world's most inspiring visionaries reveal their secrets to success, happiness, and living the true life's purpose. So it's a bonus. Enjoy it. Please definitely let me know uh, your experience and your takeaways from today's episode from the Secret to Success Summit. Enjoy this episode. Welcome back to another amazing session of the Secret to Success Summit 2016. It's been an amazing summit this last week. I've had the joy and honor of interviewing everyone from uh, LeVar Burton, my dear friend Barbara DeAngelis, um, Don Miguel Ruiz, John Gray, Marianne Williamson, Gay Hendricks, Ariel Ford, uh, and uh, tomorrow I have Lisa Nichols joining in this uh, amazing summit, and uh, next week I have the iconic and legendary Larry King, and we are reinventing uh, the definition of success, and I've asked all of these amazing visionaries to share their secrets and their real-life experience on what it takes to really create 
a deeply fulfilled life, a life of meaning, a life of purpose, uh, a life where you are fully expressing your highest self. So it's really exciting. Today's session is no exception. I am deeply honored to introduce, reintroduce, and have this amazing soul back a part of the Secret to, to Success Summit. He was here last year, and I know so many of you wrote in expressing your how deeply inspired you were. Uh, many of you have been touched by him. He is the founder and spiritual director of the Agape International Spiritual Center. Uh, you may have read his book, Life Visioning, uh, and his other amazing book, Spiritual Liberation. Welcome to the Secret to Success Summit, none other than Michael Bernard Equith. Michael, welcome back. <laughs> oh, cool. Thank you so much for the invitation. It's my joy to be with you and all of our fine people that are listening at this moment. It is my joy to, to, to hang out with you in the, the stratosphere of becoming more of our real self. Absolutely. It's always an inspiration spending time with you, Michael. You've been a huge inspiration to me. So I know uh, this will be an amazing uh, session together. You know, we're talking about success, and last time I had you on, we talked a bit about your backgrounds. But I have so much I want to ask you, and I just, I just feel like I just want to dive in, if that would be cool. And, you know, we've been looking at success and redefining success and what it really means. But I'm curious, you know, I've, I've been really influenced by, you know, your teachings. And I'd like to ask you, what's your feeling as to, why why are we so afraid? So many of us we feel this this impulse of greatness inside of us, this this desire to express. But why are so many of us so afraid of our greatness, of our light, of of our bigness? Like, what have you seen? What's what's your feeling about that? What's your sense? You know, you're you're, you're absolutely true. People are there's so much good within us. There's such limitless, illimitable possibilities that lie within us. Mm. And yet people often uh, default uh, to mediocrity and they fall to living in a very small box and because they they want to stay where they can manage their life and manage their energy with what they can control. But when you start to get into greatness, when you start to get into excellence, when you start to get into harmonizing prosperity and and the real expression of who and what we really are, we can't manage that. That takes a, that takes a level of letting go. So that that which is beyond our present paradigm can take over. And people are afraid of that. And so people oftentimes choose to live in a small box where they have their defense mechanisms, their coping mechanisms on full tilt. And they eke out a little bit of happiness and a little bit of joy in that Mm. small world until either Mm. a crisis or a tremendous insight pulls them out of that. But you're absolutely correct. Mm. People, People default to mediocrity rather than surrendering to, to success and excellence. Mm. What, so what would be the first step as, as those listening in? You know, if someone's feeling, Michael, that, that impulse, I'm feeling that greatness, I'm feeling something seeking to express, but we're afraid and we're kind of, we're, we're locked in that, that, that control pattern. What are some of the first steps that someone can take on the path to start letting go, to to begin surrendering to that bigger vision that's seeking to happen? Well, I think that, uh, first of all, um, that impulse you're talking about, that mm. is the, the thing itself trying to get out. So when a person feels that impulse for greatness or uh, for expression, that's actually our real self. That actually is the, mm. the dynamic of excellence and prosperity trying to express itself. So when we start there, instead of thinking that that desire is for something out there going to come in, 
It's actually mm-hmm. something within us trying to get out. And so with that, we have to begin with one permission. We actually, actually have to give ourselves a dynamic inner permission to be magnificent, mm. a permission to be great, permission to be in joy, permission to be in love, permission to have more than to have all of our needs met. Now, once mm. we give ourselves permission, then we tap into an inner guidance system. There, there's something that begins to, it's like our future self is pulling us. Yes, and leaving, yes. bre- leaving, leaving breadcrumbs along the way as to what to do, what the next step is, in order to mm. allow that which is within us to escape. Oftentimes, mm. people live from deficit. In other words, they think that they're not enough and they're going to go out into the world and get it. But we mm-hmm. have to begin with the awareness that we're, more, we're already enough and we're trying mm. to, instead of get it, we're trying to let it. We're trying to mm-hmm. allow it out. So right. permission... Right. Come, comes a, a, a guidance and a, and a language in a way that we can understand. And yeah. uh, that, that, that's a beginning step. That's a, that's a really important step. The inner permission, I think, opens, opens, creates the openness for sure. You know, you talked about this whole sense of being enough, and I'm just thinking about maybe the person listening in who, they might say, okay, you know, but Michael, I've, you know, I hear what you're saying. But I, I, I've done so, I've done bad things in my life, you know. I I don't know if I if I am worthy. I don't know if I if I am truly worthy of of of, of this. Uh, how can someone move from that sense of let's say feeling unworthy, which you know is an illusion, but that sense of feeling unworthy, they, they feel they've done some bad things in their lives. How can they make that <laughs> shift to feeling that enoughness? Yeah, uh, and this and this is a very important question, Coop, because mm. uh, self-love and self-appreciation is the beginning stages of our growth and development into greatness and, and excellence. For once we're able mm. to embrace a strong degree of self-love and appreciation, then the obstacles diminish because most of the obstacles that we we face are the projections of our own doubts and fears that show up in life mm. as obstacles, you see. So the Mm. question you're asking is very, very important. And so we have to begin with self-love and appreciation. Now, how do we do that? Um, Yes. We have to look at any area of our life, any area of our life that that is optimal, that's working. You know, it Mm. could be in some people's area of their life, they have really good relationships. Some people, Mm. the area of their life, they have really good health. Some people Mm. are do okay financially. Some people Mm. are, are creative geniuses. You find one area, one area that is working, you place your attention there, and you begin to feel into what that feels like. And then what I teach people to do is you take that and you shape shift. In other words, you take the area that's working and you look at the areas that aren't working up to the optimal and you put the energy over there. You take your attention and you put the energy in that area and you begin to feel that that area mm. is all right. You do the same kind mm. of shape shifting with yourself. Let's say mm. you, you're, you're operating from a sense of lack, a sense of yes. self-deficiency. You don't, you don't feel good enough about yourself. But mm-hmm. you can play the piano really well. Or <laughs> you're a very kind person. Or there's some area that does working. You take the energy that's working and you begin to think about yourself with that feeling tone. 
So you begin mm-hmm. to coax, you begin to develop a base of self-worth mm-hmm. based on one area of your life, and then that begins to coax out an awareness that you're all right. You see, what is wow. true about us is that is that we're unrepeatable spiritual ideas that have never happened yes. before, and that there's nothing wrong with us. We have no deficiency. There's 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 nothing um uh that's 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 within us that's that's inherently evil. But we've been mm. hypnotized uh by the world of effects, circumstances and situations, etc. And so mm. we begin with baby steps of looking what works, take that energy, focus it on either the areas that aren't working, or then bring it and bring it to ourselves. So we actually we're actually falling in love with ourselves. We're actually falling in love with what the universe has created because the universe does not do over, do do overs, doesn't repeat itself and doesn't make mistakes, doesn't make meaningless acts. So who we are mm. has meaning, has value, and is one of a kind, priceless. Mm. And, and as mm. we begin to think about ourselves in that way, the external obstacles begin to disappear. Mm. And mm. there's more smoothness on the path. Mm. I love that. The the external obstacles begin to disappear. It just reminds me of this the sense that, you know, outer reality is 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 really a reflection of our inner. And I love what you're saying about how we're really meeting ourselves along the path. So we can you know, rather than just trying to change what's out there, we so so it's a huge reminder that we have to start inside as a foundation. Absolutely. Yes, it, that's that's where everything, that's where the genesis is. It's not the external world. Mm-hmm. It is our interiority, our inner awareness. And then we're mm-hmm. able to discover that as avenues of awareness, uh, we can actually activate the capacity to choose a higher frequency or a higher choice. Mm-hmm. Awesome. You know, what are some of the other things, Michael, that, that mm-hmm. as you've worked with you know, thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people in your work at your God-based spiritual center and your teaching. I'm sure you've seen many patterns. So I'm curious, you shared a few so far. What are some of the other uh, core things that you have observed that you feel stops people from fulfilling their potential, that gets in the way from us truly uh, living our heartfelt dreams, manifesting our heartfelt dreams? Are there any other core patterns that you've seen uh, that block us? Oh, absolutely. I I think we've covered a couple of them. Uh, But many times people have inherited this idea uh, that uh, Mm -hmm. being successful, being radiantly healthy and happy, you know, is one uh, impossible. You you, you know, you kind of um, uh, take life as it comes, so to speak, and, 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 mm. and, and live life according to what life gives you. Or, mm. as you indicated, they don't feel like they deserve it. Or yes. some people even have the idea that if you become very, uh, if your energy becomes very radiant, very powerful, you're very successful, then somewhere along the line you're like a bad person or something. You know, like only, right. only, people, right. only people who are greedy and stingy uh, mm. become radiantly successful. You know, and that there's some kind of uh, martyrdom uh, uh, around being poor or some kind of badge of, of, of evolving consciousness if if you're living life below a particular standard, you see. And, and, and that's a lie. 
Mm-hmm. You see, basically, we live in a, in a universe where there's, one, no limitation, and two, no lack or shortages of anything but ideas. And mm-hmm. so we begin to be aware, one, that we have a mandate to express mm-hmm. success. Now we have to define success, and we can get to that in a yes. minute. We have a mandate to, to, to express success. We have a mandate to express opulence. We have a mandate to express beauty, joy, creativity that as a unique expression of the cosmos, it is mm. our job to absolutely express the fullness of life. It's not like mm. we're praying to God uh, to give us a chance to be successful. No, it's the other way around. <laughs> God is mm. praying that you'll open up and let God through. <laughs> <You know? Right. laughs> God is saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm suffering a stillbirth until you become you. Until yes. you become you, I'm suffering a stillbirth. And so people mm. don't have to hold on to this idea, you know, is it, is it God's will that I become successful mm. and happy? Or mm-hmm. or will God let me have it or will the universe let me have it? No, no, it's the other way around. Mm. The universe mm. is conspiring for our freedom for one mm. purpose alone, that it may mm. loose its own energy through us. It wants to find a vehicle to express yes. its, its magnificence. So it wants us to be free. So all the other old religious points of view and that would have God's will being us mm. being sad and sick and poor or there's not enough right. good to go around, that's mm. an old religious concept that must be rolled mm. up and burned on the fire of transformation. Mm. You, see. you know, Michael, you're hitting a, a key point that uh, I think is touching a nerve will touch enough for a lot of people, and I'd love to get your input because you're really shifting the paradigm in what you're saying. But there's a lot of folks that, you know, this whole idea of karma, you know, and I hear so many people on Spiritual Bath, Michael, say, oh, it's just, it's my karma to be this way. It's just my it's just <laughs> my path to be, you know, it's my life lesson, and I have to just live this way and deal with poverty or deal with relationships. And how much of our, our path is destined, so to speak, that it's our karma and that's what we're stuck with. And how much can we control and what would you say to that? This is this is a powerful question and it's so so liberating when people understand this. That the karma yes. I mean the word karma means action. You know. So you're actually you're actually living uh in, in the field of act, actions and choices you've made in the past. Now karma mm. doesn't determine destiny. Karma determines starting points. Your destiny is determined. You have a your destiny is determined by your attitude. Your attitude determines your character, and your character determines your destiny. So uh, mm. that that old version of karma is kind of a an Eastern fundamentalism, uh, mm. uh, just like there's just like this Western fundamentalism about right. you know, either going to heaven, going to heaven or hell. You know, mm. this Eastern fundamentalism with a misunderstanding of what karma is. It cannot determine your destiny. Your destiny has been placed within you by the infinite. Everyone has a bright and magnificent destiny. But mm. your destiny is determined by attitude. Attitude determines character. Character determines destiny. So when a person mm. begins, as we're doing right here on this particular class, as an individual begins to shift consciously their attitude about themselves, self-love and appreciation, they begin to shift their attitude about reality and their universe. Mm. That the universe wants you to be successful, that it can come into its own as you. When that attitude, when you start to be able to hold that vibratory frequency of that attitude, 
then your character emerges. Character is the etch of God on your own soul. It starts to show mm. up. And it doesn't matter the choices you've made in the past. The choices you've made in the past has brought you to this second. But the choices you make from this moment on determines what's going to happen in your so-called future, you see. Mm. So mm. As, you, as you wonderfully brought up, in, in the old paradigm, people would walk around mm. saying, oh, it's my karma to be sick and poor and unloved for this life. I have to pay penance for something I did in right. the last lifetime. Right. You know, right. we, know, we know that that is totally false and incorrect, that in the quantum mm. field of infinite potential, when you change your mind, all of those old choices that you made from a, from a different context of living mm no longer affect you because you've changed, mm. you see? Mm. This, this is the beautiful part about the teachings of, of real authentic spiritual teachings is that they're liberating, not binding. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful. So just we're, because we've experienced something in the past or we're going through something now doesn't mean we're stuck there forever. We, we can Absolutely make a different not. choice. In this moment. Yeah, you know, it, it was uh, Carl Jung talked about the fact that he separated fate from destiny. You know, your mm. fate is what you meet when you don't deal with your unresolved issues. You see? Right. You end up meeting right. your fate. But destiny mm. has been placed there by the presence. And mm. everyone has a good destiny because the presence mm. doesn't do meaningless acts and doesn't make mistakes. So mm. every... Every acorn has an oak tree in it somewhere. You know, every, every rose bush seed has a rose bush and a plethora of rose bushes in it. Within us is a seed of greatness and a seed of excellence. That's our destiny. But we have yes. to participate in it. And so you're, this class that you're doing with all of these wonderful, great people that you're talking, we're seeking to create an optimal condition in our interiority so that our mm. greatness can emerge regardless of past decisions. I love it. I love it. Now, I want to, this is something I've been curious about, and, you know, for years, you know, I've heard many people on the path, because this is such an important piece, I think, that, that we're discussing, that you're breaking down here. Uh, I want to just even take it even more specific, because I know there's a few people listening who, let me give you an example, Michael, is that cool? Like there's, a, there's, there's some folks that say uh, they're an actor, you know, we, I'm in L.A., you're in L.A., or they're singers, and they're talented, right? Maybe someone's listening in, and they're just, just mega talented, maybe more talented than, let's say, a Britney Spears or, you know, some of the singers out there, and somehow they've, they've done everything, uh, they've tried everything, they, they maybe they come to agape, you know, and they do the inner work and they take the classes and they're meditating and they they feel that they're doing everything, yet somehow they haven't broken through to that next level of let's say their career, that next level of of abundance in their life, and yet you know sometimes like we see let's say uh, you know uh, a singer or an actor and they they seem like a complete train wreck, but. They're successful in the career front. They're famous, successful, seem to be having an impact. I guess, why, why is that? How does that, you know, you know can you break that down? There's a, first of all, there's a difference between real success and fame the, the, and yes. celebrity. 
they're not all yes. the same thing. There are people who are celebrities and have a level of fame, but their life mm. is totally unhappy. There's a tremendous amount of drug abuse, mm. uh, alcoholism, suicide, mm. suicide attempts, uh, arrest, run on, hit on uh, collisions, legal collisions with police, family mm. entanglements. You know, that's not a successful life. So, so yes. here you have a person that may... Uh, in one area of their life have some fame because of their singing or dancing or whatever. But we wouldn't call that a successful life. We would call that a life of fame or celebrity. They're not the same thing. Mm. When we're talking about success, we're talking about having all of our structures stabilized, you know, a, a dy dynamic sense of health, right relationships, peace of mind. We're talking about self-love and appreciation, as we brought up earlier. We're talking about how we participate in the community. Are we sharing our gifts to the community? These are all part of, of a, what leads to a successful life, not just mm. uh, the train wrecks we sometimes see in the right. media. And so, so, mm. so a person may have a vibrational match with a particular mm. talent, and it leads them to making a lot of money, and it leads them to, to being famous, but they may not have it all together in the things that really matter. And so mm. if an individual has talent, and they're cultivating that talent, and then they, one, have to realize that the talent does not belong to them. It belongs to the community. Two, uh, they have to cultivate it, and they have to find a way to share it. And in the process mm. of sharing it, they're not to compare themselves with a mega star, of which there's only a few. They're not to compare mm. themselves with anyone. They are to put themselves mm. in a position to cultivate their gift and to share it, and then what happens is the universe finds a way to compensate them for that particular sharing. For some people, it may be on a big stage in a stadium. Other people, it may be in other venues. It may be, you know, on iTunes. It may be, you know, it may mm -hmm. be in clubs, people listening to them, maybe selling CDs. Yes. You know, whatever it is that uh, they can, their mind can conceive for them will occur. Mm. But we, we don't want to mistake some, a mega star as being successful mm. unless they have their structures correct. You know, mm. uh, like for instance, you know, I, I was in, in my book, Spiritual Liberation, I talk about uh, Paul Newman, who mm. was an individual who was like a pioneer in this give yes. back campaign. You know, he had received an Oscar. His wife and him were very successful actors, received a lot of trophies, a lot of money. And he said, you know, is this all there is? Mm. He said, you know, I, I can't live my entire life trying to get trophies and money. There must be something more to this. And he decided, you know, instead of trying to trying to accumulate as much money before I die, I'm going to change the game. I'm going to play the game. How much money can I give away before I die? Wow. And that's when he developed the, the Newman products, and they funded, they fund charities and things of this particular nature. And before he passed over, he, he had given away over $100 million. And wow. So he changed the game. So he was successful across the board. He had talent. He was a great actor. The act, the, his, that particular role was his lampshade, you know, or his light bulb. And the light that came through him was a higher purpose to, to serve charities and spiritual communities and things like that, organizations that would change the world. So, you know, people should not compare themselves particularly to some of these individuals that are in the headlines all the time and in reality shows yeah. all the time. Because, you know, I, I know some of these people. They, I counsel some of these people, and a lot of these mm. people are not very happy. They would exchange their life 
with individuals uh, just so they can have a dynamic sense of peace of mind. Now, if we're asking how can we achieve a greater sense of worldly success, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, right. you have to establish, an individual has to, you know, go through the self-worth exercise, you know, so they realize that they're worthy. They have to have a vision that they can describe, you know, so that they're pulled by this vision, and they have to walk in that direction every single day. They have to be consistent. They're not looking for luck. You know, luck, as I describe it, is living under cosmic knowledge. You know, you create your own luck when, you, when you're living under the laws of, of, of cosmic mm-hmm. knowledge. And so if you want that kind of success or success for you, you don't want to, again, compare yourself to anyone else, then yes. self-worth, a vision that you can describe, and then you take steps every single day walking in that direction, and then something happens. The universe feels your vibration of self-love, and you've cultivated your talents and gifts, and you're placed in the right place to shine and to glow, mm. you see. Mm. I love it. I love it. Now, Michael, what is, you know, you've lived quite a life, and I'm curious, based on who you are today and everything you've seen and experienced, uh, what is success to you today? How how would you define success? You talked about putting your structures in place, but I'm curious, for you, how do you see success for yourself? How do you define success for yourself, where you are now? Success, to me, is synonymous with, right, where I'm standing right now in my life, success to me is synonymous with service. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm in service to the higher order. Mm-hmm. I'm in service to the sacred power. I'm in service mm-hmm. to the love of God. And, mm-hmm. and because I'm in service, then the presence gets to use me and my gifts and my talents um, to, to bring people to a sense of awakening uh, to who and what mm-hmm. they really are. And that provides – so in that context – it provides me meeting people around the world. It provides a context for me to travel around the world. It provides a context for me to be with you and to be with all the people who are listening. It provides the context for people to come to Agape or one of our programs yes. and to feel the joy. It provides a context for harmonizing prosperity to flow into my life that I get to share with my spiritual community and with my family uh, and, and, and other organizations that I like to support. It provides the context for me to wake up every single day, work out my body temple so that it's strong and fit, eat proper nutrition so it's so that it, my energy level stays high, uh, to practice my meditation so that I stay connected on a daily basis and don't uh, come under the uh, aegis that it's my ego doing this work, but it's actually a higher power right. going through me. You know, mm. all of this uh, uh, is a part of the success. You know, mm-hmm. now if we were to break down success from a business context, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I, I've broken this down before. You know, there's there's success 1.0, which means I get mm-hmm. rich. You know, I'm just struggling to get rich, and by any means necessary. Mm-hmm. My animalistic reptilian brain is moving, and whatever it takes for me to get rich, I'll do it, even if I have to run over people. <laughs> right. Success, uh, you know, success 2.0 is, you know, I become rich. But I become a philanthropist. I end up helping mm. uh, spiritual communities, school systems, uh, charities to do good work. Success 3.0 is built into my business model is my give back. So my, mm. my business has multiple bottom lines so that mm. I, my business is not established for merely profit. Profit mm. actually drives the purpose. 
and that purpose mm-hmm. has to do has to do something with people or the planet. You see, uh, mm-hmm. something that's going to make the world better. So I'm, this, I'm not just driven by profit. So when we talk about it on the business model, success 3.0 is built into my business model are multiple bottom lines. One is profit mm-hmm. and prosperity, and the others have something to do with the people on the planet, has something to do with all the species on the planet, has something to do with our environment, something to do with the evolution of our species, you know. Mm-hmm. So that would be a business model, and you see a lot of the millennials are now coming into yes. this model. They're not just working for money, but they, they take mm-hmm. on a, a some, some, something that needs to be solved in the planet. And their business is built around solving that issue. Mm. So their success mm. is not measured just by how many dollars they have in a bank, but their success mm. is measured by how many problems they solve. Nice. It's the next level. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the next level. Nice. And I think, that, I think that's where we are now. I think that's what the world mm. is calling. We're call, it's calling for the establishment of our, our business enterprises to actually take on the big issues and to mm-hmm. find solutions to these issues. And at the same time, be prosperous. Mm-hmm. When you look at the world today, Michael, as you see how humanity is evolving, uh, as you vision it, as you observe it, what, what, I guess what do you see our greatest challenges are as, as, a, as a species at this time? And what do you also see as the greatest opportunities that you're most excited about uh, based on where mm-hmm. we're at? Well, the challenge is that um, the the nation states are the last is, a, is one of the last strongholds of the ego that sees everything from a sense of separation. So you actually have little boys and girls growing up with a pseudo patriotism, thinking that their country is the best country, which causes right. a sense of separation for the rest of the world. It's called it's a pseudo patriotism, and it's a hedge against unitive consciousness. It's a hedge against mysticism. And so that's the last vestige of the ego. Now, mm. what, I, what, I, what I celebrate is the fact that the Internet breaks that down, is that <laughs> right. our kids are talking to people in China, they're talking to people in Japan, they're talking to people all mm. over the world, and that they're not buying into this pseudo-patriotic point of view. They're buying into more of a global perspective. And that's, that's, that's the uh, next step to uh, 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 transcending the, the, the ego that's building walls of separation mm-hmm. and into a much more larger context of building bridges of oneness. And mm-hmm. with that, people begin to talk, solutions begin to arise for all of our issues. And, and I think the other thing that, that really um, I'm happy about is the, is the remarriage of 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 our science with our mysticism, you know, mm. because uh, our mysticism and our science are both saying that we live in a field of unlimited possibilities. From the mystical point of view, we say mm. we we live in a sea of oneness. From a scientific point yes. of view, we would talk about we live in this quantum field of of infinite potential, and they're both beginning to say the same thing with different language, which is freeing the mind of humanity from limitation. And beginning to realize there's nothing limited about us at all except the misuse of our imagination. Mm. And, 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 and once our, our imagination is freed to think about best case scenarios, which is another um, way to become prosperous, uh, 
the world can change for the better. You know, we're, we're the only species that uh, could actually create our own extinction. Every other species, it happened through some kind of world event. Uh, but with nuclear weapons and the eroding of our rainforests and the polluting of our oceans, we can actually mm. bring doom to ourselves. So I think <laughs> that um, with the new millennial, with the, with the new success models of taking on issues to solve as we create prosperity and with transcending our egoic model of separation from each other and from the planet, mm. I think I, I'm, I'm optimistic. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 people will say, "How could you be optimistic?" And I'll say, I, "You have to know what an optimist is. An optimist mm-hmm. is simply a person that doesn't run from a problem, but knows that there's a solution to every problem. That's all an optimist is. They know there's mm-hmm. an answer and a solution, so they don't run yes. from the issues. They run toward the issues with a solution. Mm-hmm. A pessimist is one who gives up." They say, oh, this is the way it's always going to be. You know, it's never going to get any better, you know. And so with, with, the, with this expanded awareness that you're bringing, we become optimistic. We become available to wisdom and guidance. We fall in love with ourselves. We redefine success. And we begin to change ourselves and change the world. Mm, inspiring. I'm excited about uh, possibilities for sure. It's beautiful, Michael. You know, uh, one thing I've always been curious to ask you, uh, and, and connected to uh, living one's dharma, living one's gift in the world, is you know, as we redefine success, as we take it out into the world, even these 3.0 models, uh, for the most part, you, in order to create something that has impact, it usually involves other people. It's usually not something you just do in isolation, but in community. And yes. I've seen you, you know, for many years uh, inspire a community. You've, you've uh, been a visionary, uh, the foundation of uh, Agape Spiritual Center from, you know, a few people. Uh, it began many years ago. And, and I've just always been curious as to what has been, especially for those listening in who feel a calling to build and create in the world and offer gifts, what has been some of the key learnings that you've had over the over the last decades in terms of what it takes to really, I guess, I guess be a good leader, to really be a, a, an inspiring leader and to mobilize uh, people and inspire people and week after week after week after week, keep them inspired, keep the community growing and alive and vibrant and you know every time I come to Agape everyone is just alive and in tune and radiant and so I guess how, how do you do that what's what's the secret I would say that for an individual to be a good leader the first thing they have to have they have to be a good follower and that means mm. they have to actually be attuned to be able to follow that inner guidance and become obedient to it. So mm-hmm. uh, a leader has to learn how to listen. And, and then once they're able to listen, they're able to catch a vision yeah. that's transcended, a vision that's beyond where we are right now. And then once they're able to mm-hmm. catch it, they have to learn the art of, of articulating that vision. And once mm-hmm. the, the, the leader is in tune and they're articulating the vision, they're feeling it, they buzz with it. They radiate with it. And the vision 
becomes more real than present circumstances. Even though, mm. spiritually speaking, the vision is real, it's already happened in the mind of the universal presence, it's, mm. it becomes more real than present circumstances. So when a, a, a leader comes into a field of individuals, those individuals unconsciously begin to feel mm. potential that's vibrating right. within that leader. And so now they're that. able to talk, be able to talk to people, but you're not just talking to them about their present circumstances. They're actually feeling their own greatness. They're feeling the potential that lies within us all individually and collectively as a society. And so for me, I, I like, I, I live in the vibration of surrender. You know, uh, I surrender to this, whatever name you choose to call it, I surrender to this tremendous presence. Mm. And, uh, and, and, it, and it thinks through me, so that's called inspiration. When the presence thinks through you, you you're inspired. It's a breath of God. It, you, it sometimes takes you beyond, most of the time, takes you beyond your present paradigm, your present way of mm. thinking. Something comes in, and you're, you're, you're galvanized by it. And then when you talk to others, they're galvanized by it as well. And so mm. that and my daily spiritual practice of meditation, life visioning, uh, it keeps everything open and fluid. And so you spend a lot of time with, in, in not in time, you spend a lot of time in the eternal, and, and yes. which means that it, it, things aren't just um, minutiae, day to day, year after year. It's like you're in this timeless space a lot. Mm. Uh, you know, so so the the average person, you know, when you look at somebody who does what I do, you know, mm-hmm. and runs a spiritual community, the average person that does that, that average lifespan of of, of a person, not of a person, but of a person doing the, 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 that deal, is five years. People give up after mm-hmm. five years. Wow, what lasts longer than five years? The the demands are overwhelming. The person doesn't have a place of interiority strong enough to retreat to. And mm-hmm. so the projections and all the thing, when, when you, when you, dis, when you are growing in the public's eye, and I'm sure you're going to learn this, when you're growing in the public's eye, you know, everything comes at you, you know, uh, good and, and the critical. And some people aren't strong enough to, to, to hold the field in the face of that. So most people drop out after five years. Then there's a, a, another group of people that last to 10, 15. When you get to 20 and 25 and 30 years, that's a very rare atmosphere, you know, uh, to be in the public's eye doing this kind of work because everything is second-guessed. Everything is, is – is people have a tendency to think that you're praised a lot, but that's only for about five minutes on a Sunday or a Wednesday. <laughs> The rest of the days, you're under heavy critique. But so you have to not play for the audience. You have to listen to that inner voice and only work for that. And then you're okay. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love what you said. To truly be a leader is to be a follower, to be obedient yes. to the inner guidance. Yes. And to have that yes. uh, alignment, that attunement that uh, the integrity you know i'm curious now since we're on that subject i think there's there might be a few folks michael listening in uh who 
have been inspired by your work, you know, they've been on the path for a while, they feel the calling to to do what you do as spiritual teachers, as healers, you know, on this path. Um, you've been a teacher for a while. I think it's, what, 20-plus years? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. It's been, it's been we're, a long time. Uh, Agape, is in its, Agape is in its 30th year. 30 years. And I'm the founder. I mean, this is, and, I'm, and, and, I, and I'm the founder. This is uh, incredible. You know, I mean, it's amazing, amazing. Uh, beyond words and, and so I'm curious uh, in everything you've been through uh, you talked about the couple uh, the interiority aspect and being obedient but speaking to those that might be you know the, the next evolution of spiritual teachers healers uh, <clears throat> activists consciousness activists what uh, have you seen as some of the pitfalls that those in this field make? What are some of the, the biggest impediments uh, that can get in the way of a, a spiritual teacher uh, truly fulfilling their soul's destiny on the path as a spiritual teacher that we need to be aware of th- if we're going to go into this yeah. field? I, I think it's some of the same pitfalls that we discussed earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, people gravitate towards the fame or game mm. game rather than service. And so mm. uh so when when we look at this field and there's a lot of people in the field um you have to really check your ego at the door so to speak mm-hmm. so that your motivation is pure. You have a purified motivation and a purified intention. And that purified motivation and intention must be to be of service. It must be to be of assistance. It must be to assist others. Uh, it must be to develop a level of compassion so you can assist others uh, to ch- help them achieve their greatness, help them wake up. And I think if individuals stay in the frequency of being in service, it mitigates the um, the reptilian brain. It, it, it mitigates um, that that sense of ambition that would run us. Mm. Every human being is susceptible to that. And when it does come up, um, you're able to catch it and and uh, dissolve it based on your deep surrender to excellence in your own life. But I, mm. I see uh, also see individuals getting burned out um, mm. because they're not uh, they think they're doing it all on their own and they forget. Mm that there's actually a silent partner that is seeking to operate through you. And and that silent partner will also bring others to be on your team. Mm. And if you don't have a really good team that uh, is in alignment with the vision, then there's also yes. a, can also be tremendous negativity that can occur as well. You know, so that... Individuals have to be in alignment with the vision. They have to be doing their spiritual work. They have to know what true support looks like. And when you find a team where everybody knows their lane, yes, it, it creates a very, very powerful vortex for for success for everyone. Mm. Beautiful. Was there, you talked about you know the the timeline for someone on this in in your field being five years. Was there ever a time in your in your life where you in the last thirty years where you felt maybe you felt like giving up or maybe it was a, it was a challenging time 
and you either felt like giving up Michael or it was like, wow, this is this is tough. I'm going through something dark night soul here. I'm curious uh, how you move through that challenging moment. What is it that well, you did the, or do? Yeah, there's two, you, you, there's two questions in there that you've asked, and the answer to both of them is yes. Is I have gone through a dark night of the soul, mm. and um, very, very debilitating. I could feel the anguish and the angst of the entire human race, and it debilitated me on a, on a soul level. And what I did was I had to do my moment-to-moment exercises that I teach in terms of mindfulness, breathing, and uh, surrender. It was moment by moment. There was no respite for a long period of time. And and finally, some light shone through, and finally there was an opening. And so I was able to fall back on my practice, the fundamentals Mm. to keep me going. And there have been moments in the community where things are just tough, you know, there's an ebb and flow of energy. And um, uh, I I don't think I ever had a choice to quit because I, Uh what I do is like, it's like a choiceless choice. You think you're choosing, but you actually, you actually, you've been chosen and you've you've answered the Mm -hmm. call and you're saying yes, Mm -hmm. and you can't get out of it. It's like a, it's like (laughs) an irretractable contract, you know? And so what I do, what I do is I play with myself. And I, mm-hmm. I uh, sign up for five-year inter- in- in- intervals. You know, I say, okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to, okay, I'll, I'll give another five, you know. Right. And, and, uh, <laughs> and now it's like down to, I'm, I'm, I'll give another two, you know. So that way the mind, the mind who might mm-hmm. be looking for an escape route mm-hmm. feels like, okay, okay, I can do this another year. I, I, I can do this another year. I can do this another year, mm-hmm. you know. And then another year comes, you do another year. Another year comes, you do another year. Mm-hmm. You know, mm. so that, those, those are some of the ways that I that I that I play with my mind just to to stay fresh in the game. You know, mm. you, know you remind me when I ran my first LA marathon when I first came to LA, Michael. I uh, I, I found out about it the day before. I mean, I'd been jogging briefly, but uh, uh, the way I got through 26 miles was just I kept asking my mind, could I run one more mile right now? Could I do one more mile? Yes, and uh, I think. Uh, you're just reminding us all of how to work with ourselves and work with our minds moment to moment as a spiritual practice, you know, as a moment to moment meditation. I have a couple more Absolutely. questions for you, Michael. Uh, this has been really inspiring as always. Um, what are some of the, the most powerful, are there any specific questions? So what are some of the most powerful questions that you, you ask yourself or have asked yourself throughout the years? And that those listening in could begin asking themselves as a on a regular basis as a daily practice. Are there any questions that stand out for you? Yeah, I think this is a good question that you're asking because our life is basically our life experience is basically defined by the questions mm-hmm. we regularly ask ourselves. Mm-hmm. And most people, or many people, unconsciously mm-hmm. will ask disempowering questions. Yes. What's wrong? Who's who's to blame? Why me? Those are very disempowering questions, and they bring no fruitage of the spirit. Mm. And so I tell people you have to live in empowering questions. So one of the questions I, I may ask is, what good is present? What good is here that I presently cannot see? 
What ah. good is here that I presently cannot see? So the universe will answer any question for you. And if you ask a question such as that, hmm. not only will good be uncovered, but you'll help manifest it because your question and your intention is helping to manifest what you're looking for. So yes. you say, what good is present right here hmm. that I presently cannot see? Hmm. Something opens up. So in the midst I'm of lost. a hard time, uh, the, other, the other question that I teach people to ask is how can it get better than this? And you, uh, you ask that you, you ask that question whether something is cha- whether a day is challenging, or you ask that question whether a day is really really good. If something is challenging, mm-hmm. you say how can it get better than this? And the universe will yeah. tell you. If something is mm-hmm. something is really really magnificent, you say how can it get better than this? So that way you're yeah. not boxing yourself in or limiting yourself mm-hmm. to the good that just happened. And, and if, if you live in that question, how can it get better than this? How can it get better than this? Then your mind stays open to possibility. Mm-hmm. Your mind stays open uh, to the glad surprise that you're shocked mm-hmm. and amazed by how good it can be, whether you're having a challenging moment or whether you're having a, a moment of grace. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I love those two questions. How can it get better than this? If you're listening to this conversation with the one and only Michael Bernard Beckwith, I invite you to feel what he's talking about because, you know, Michael, as you said that question, and I asked, asked that question within myself, I just felt just my heart and my soul just expand, you know, the doors just right. opened. How can it get better than this? And uh, right. you're just opening up a, a doorway to even more possibilities. Uh, final questions, Michael. Um, based on where you are today, and, you know, you've shared a lot um, you shared so many things for us to take away from this conversation. If you could convince your life learnings, your soul journeys into three key lessons, the most important key lessons <laughs> that you would pass, I know it's a, it's a tall order, but that you'd pass on to the next generation, that you feel if, if this is all you could say to the next generation and you gave them this, this, these three nuggets that you feel would evolve humanity the most, I'm curious to hear what those three keys would be. So I'm speaking to the next generation as to... You're speaking to the next generation and you're going to... As to life, as to... You're going to pass these keys on. Like, these are the keys that I, Michael Bernard Beckwith, have learned that I feel would evolve humanity the most. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pass these keys on to to your kids, your grandchildren, and and the next generation. What what do you feel those three key life lessons would be? I I I would want them to know you know, I, 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 I do have children. I, 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 I would want them to know, one, that they have arrived here um, with a mission, not to mm. be on intermission, but they have a mission. Mm. And, and they, 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 they've chosen to be here, and they're carrying a mission. No one comes on the planet accidentally. There are no accidents. You know, yes. uh, there's, no extra, there's no extra people. Uh, mm. We've arrived, we came here on purpose with a purpose, with a mission. And so, one, we have to discover what that mission is. Two, um, the, the, every issue on the planet that we're all facing is solvable. It, the, the idea, it cannot be a problem without a solution. It's an impossibility. A problem simply means emblem of something stagnant in consciousness. So mm. I would want the next generation to know there's nothing that can't be solved. 
and that whatever bothers them the most, in that, they'll find their assignment. <laughs> whatever disturbs mm -hmm. them the most, they have an assignment in that area uh, to open themselves up to the solution, cultivate their gifts, and walk in the direction of not just solving that problem, but activating their potential, which does two mm -hmm. things. Brings them into bliss, because bliss mm -hmm. is the function of the activation of potential, and two, mm -hmm. begins to dissolve the issue. And so mm -hmm. I would indicate, you know, we're on an adventure. They have mm -hmm. arrived on planet Earth with an e-ticket. <laughs> chosen to be here, uh, chosen to be here during the times of such transformation where the old is breaking down mm. and the new is emerging. There's a solution mm. to every single issue and that whatever is disturbing them the most or inspiring them the most is mm. where they're to find their juice and activate their potential mm. so that they can be in bliss. Mm. Well, well. Throwing it down, Michael. I'm feeling the chills, man. I'm feeling the chills. I hope uh, <laughs> all of you, all of you listening in, uh, uh, your souls are shivering with, with excitement in this moment and inspiration, as uh, sharing with Michael Bernard Beckwith. Remember, every issue is so every issue is solvable, uh, and a problem is an emblem. Whatever bothers you the most is your is your assignment in that area, Michael. The final question is. Uh, you know, I really want these interviews. I want people to apply these interviews. I want people to implement everything you're saying, so it becomes a it becomes embodied. Uh, what's one thing that each listener could do immediately, uh, right now, as a way to apply what you've been teaching? Is there a homework assignment that you could give uh, the listener? They they could do in this moment before they go back into their lives. Before they go back into their lives, they can. I, 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 let me give two. Before they go back to their life, they can be mindful and, and, and look at their mind, because their mind is a set of programs, and notice how often they ask a disempowering question and how often they ask an empowering question. Notice how many times they say, why me, what's wrong, who's to blame, and how many times they say, you know, what good is here that I presently cannot see? What is real? And if they can just do that for a period of time and eliminate the disempowering question and ask an empowering question, their life will take a major shift because our life experience is determined by the chronic questions that we ask. Mm -hmm. Secondly, as we talked a little bit about earlier, find a place in your life where there's excellence. Go to that place vibrationally. You can do it. You can close your eyes and just do it. Just feel that wherever you have excellence in your life and feel what, it, what excellence feels like. And then look at an area of your life where excellence is not there and shift the energy over there. Because every, everything is energy, you see. Everything is energy. Shift it in that area and then watch that area change and become more excellent vibrationally. And then it will close itself. The word, the vibrational word will become flesh. I love it. I love it. You've heard it. The homework assignment, the playwork assignment, the inspirational assignment from Michael Bernard Beckwith, asking the empowering questions and shifting the vibration 
Uh, I really hope you re-listen to this interview, everyone, again, and, and apply what Michael's saying. Michael, it's been an inspiration. You know, you're such a an amazing light, and it's a real, I mean, words cannot do justice, but it's a true honor having you a part of this summit and raising the vibration of, of this day and the session and uh, everyone's hearts to that next level. I just want to thank you for always just, you know, loving me and uh, just being an amazing inspiration. What's the best way people can just find out about your work and Agape Spiritual Center? Well, what's the best way people can do that? I really want people to uh, partake of Basically, this. Basically, they go, they go through two doorways. The first doorway, they can just go to agapelive.com, A-G-A-P-E-L-I-V-E.com, and there they can see, they can live stream the Wednesday night services, the Sunday services, the Way of Meditation service on Sunday. Uh, they can go to michaelbernardbeckwith.com if they forget that. And they can uh, be in tune with, you know, our powerful conference that comes up April the 28th, our Revelation conference. They can, mm. you know, we have people like Ayanna Van Zant coming to the center of mm. February 27th. Uh, I do a spring mm. meditation retreat uh, beginning June the 16th. All of that's found on the website at agapelive.com. Mm. Beautiful. Agapelive.com, everyone. We're going to post that link along with this amazing interview with the inspiring, the one and only Michael Bernard Beckwith. Michael, thank you for being a part of this year's Secret to Success Summit. We are taking it to the next level. Everyone, I trust you've been inspired. Your soul is lit up. Uh, you've been assigned some homework. I want you to send me an email as we wrap up this amazing interview and just let me know some of your key inspirations and takeaways from this conversation with Michael. Uh, let me know what you received. Let me know how your homework assignment went. Again, this is the Secret to Success Summit Success School. We are redefining success and giving you the best practices and the secrets and, the, and some of the practical and powerful tools to help you fulfill your true soul's potential on this planet. Tomorrow, join me. We have another amazing day for our super bonus day. Our special guest is Lisa Nichols. And uh, as we wrap up this interview, we're all sending Michael Bernard back with some love. Michael, wherever you are, hope you feel the energy of thousands of people blessing you right now. Thank you for being with us, everyone. I love you lots. Sending you love. See you tomorrow. Love now. If you've enjoyed this episode of Soul Talk, please do share the podcast with all of your friends. Let everyone know and make sure you download Soul Talk today. I'm looking forward to next week where I'll get to share more inspiration with you. Meanwhile, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or social media. You can find out more about my work at www.cooplaxon.com. If you feel ready to take your life to the next level, join me at my exclusive event in Bali, www.boundlessblissbali.com, where you can find out more and apply. Also, make sure to remember to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment at coopblackson.com. Sending you all big hugs and love now.